Welcome to the Veterinary Pulse podcast. My name is Jordan Benchia. I'm the executive director of the VIN Foundation. Veterinary Pulse is the heartbeat of the profession. Join us as we talk with veterinary colleagues about critical topics from student debt to mental health and share stories. Stories connect us as humans, as animals, as a veterinary community. This podcast is made possible through individual donors like yourself and our technology partnership with VIN, the Veterinary Information Network. Thank you for being here. This episode, we're having a conversation with VIN Foundation board member and student debt expert, Dr. Tony Bartels about COVID student loan repayment strategies. We cover what you need to know with the latest CARES Act changes and best practices to restart your loan repayments. Please check the episode notes for links and information mentioned. Thank you for listening. Hi, Tony. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me again. So can you tell us a little bit about why you're so passionate about student debt? I mean, we, clearly you're the one that does a lot of the webinars. You're providing a phenomenal amount of information. What is it that drives you to help so many veterinary students and veterinarians in this situation? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I think I, I mostly because um, my wife and I are, are living it, right? So we are both veterinarians and, and we both use student loans to pay for our veterinary education. And combined, we have in excess of $400,000 of, of federal student loans. So it makes sense that, uh, you know, we're really passionate about this because we have a direct connection to it. And Previously, my before going to veterinary school, I had a, a career in, in corporate finance, and you know numbers were kind of a, a thing that I, I just you know were always kind of drawn to. And um, unfortunately, this is just kind of one of those ugly side effects of of uh, becoming a veterinarian these days. So it's, it's student debt, and sometimes the numbers can get quite large. So trying to help our colleagues make sense of their repayment options um, and how it all works and can work best for them is just seemed like a a natural, a natural fit for me. And, and because I have a, a direct connection and vested interest in, in understanding this myself, it, it made sense to try to pass along what we've learned and, and our experience with paying student loans on to our colleagues as well. I think that boots on the ground approach and sort of experience that you, you have is clearly, I think, almost the best way to come to this, right? Because it, it's easier to kind of, from an outside approach, look at this and try to understand it. But when you are boots on the ground, you're in this. And as you said, you've got a vested interest. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, it, you know, it's just so hard. It, it requires almost a full-time attention to understand what is going on with student loans and the rule changes, particularly now with, with COVID-19 and the pandemic student loan repayment relief that I know we're going to talk about. I mean, it's just, it's become so intensive to try to not only understand what's real, but to, you know, pick through the noise and all of the other things that, that I see are often out there that, that are not very helpful um, and are not very accurate. So um, you can, you know, so veterinarians can get past all of that stuff and, and get on to, you know, what they went to veterinary school for. And that was for treating, treating animals and, and helping their owners. Right. It is a very confusing topic. And there also is, unfortunately, as we've seen, there is also some advice out there that was not in the best interest of those with student loans. And that can be tricky as well. And so hopefully 
the information that we're providing will give them some clear direction. Let's just dive in. What's going on with student loans this year and where are we at now? Yeah, so we've seen a lot of changes to uh, federal student loans, um, particularly this year, uh, all of it having to do with COVID-19 and, and the effects that that's had on the economy. And essentially since March 13th, uh, interest and payments have been and turned off, right? So there are the interest rates for all federally held student loans have been set to zero since March 13th. So anybody with those types of loans has not accrued any interest during that time frame. And for those of us in repayment, um, the payments have essentially been shut off as well, right? So we have, they've, they've been put in an automatic forbearance, um, which was a little problematic. The forbearance terminology is not always associated with, with good things, but in this case, uh, the forbearance that turned off uh, the interest and the payments on our student loans also came with the additional benefit of counting towards forgiveness if you are using an income-driven repayment strategy or working towards public service loan forgiveness. So those were some pretty uh, beneficial changes that have been made for, for those of us who, who have these, these federally held student loans. And this was initially supposed to end on December 31st. What's the time frame that we're looking at now with the latest information? Yeah, actually, it was supposed to end uh, at the end of September, right? So September 30th, it was supposed to shut off. That's what the, the CARES Act, the legislation that dealt specifically with this, um, indicated that those those benefits would be shut off at the end of September. However, they have been extended through uh, presidential action twice now. So uh, they were extended initially through the end of December. And then most recently, as of uh, last Friday, actually, they, they were extended another month. So right now we can expect those same benefits to um, persist through January 31st, 2021. Okay, so we've got an extra month at this point, and we we just don't know, right? I mean, we don't know what's going to happen yeah. <laughs> with the new administration. We don't know what's going to happen come January. There's a lot of things up in the air. So what do veterinarians with veterinary student debt loans need to know right now? Yeah, so I would say that uh, you need to know how to uh, interpret what has been released uh, in terms of information. So the, you know, again, the, the relief has been extended in its current form through the end of January, which means you really don't have to do anything uh, between now and the end of January. Um, I do expect to see some additional information come out uh, from our loan servicers. Actually, I just got an automated message from my loan servicer, Great Lakes, yesterday which was telling me how the relief was due to end on December 31st. Uh, so that wasn't very helpful, right? Because we know that it has been uh, extended another month, right? So I suspect what, what you know, the, the, the student loan repayment system was never meant to be turned on and off like a switch like this, right? So I think, you know, in anticipation of this period, this benefit ending at the end of this year, I think the loan servicers were scrambling to provide information. And in that whole approach, you know, like yesterday, I got an automated message that was telling me what I needed to do um, to keep my loans in good standing after the first of this this coming year. And the reality is we've got another month, right? So um, just be aware that you're probably going to get some information from your loan servicer, or you're going to see some information floating around out there that may not uh, always be entirely accurate, but you don't have to make a payment. You're not going to have any interest accruing through at least the end of um, through at least the end of, of January 31st, 2021. 
Now, if you're using an income-driven repayment plan, um, or you were in an income-driven repayment plan before all of this started, then you will get credit towards forgiveness, which is great, right? And the interest that you had accrued prior to this, if you had any unpaid interest on your on your account, should not get capitalized, right? As we end this special type of forbearance that we're in and eventually end up back in repayment whenever whenever that might be. Um, for those folks who are graduating or who graduated in 2020, uh, it's a little bit a little bit more complicated. So you know your grace periods have probably ended or are nearing an end. Um, I have seen some of those folks who haven't done anything with their student loans. Sometimes their loan interest is capitalized and sometimes it is not. Um, technically speaking, once your grace period ends, your loans automatically enter a standard 10-year repayment plan. So for those of you that have done nothing since you graduated, your loans are technically in repayment after the grace period ends. But because of this benefit, you haven't had to make any payment and you haven't seen any additional interest accrue, right? So um, I would encourage those folks who have recently graduated in 2020 and your grace period has just ended to submit an income-driven repayment application. Um, if you file a tax return before you graduate, if you before you graduated, you probably have a pretty low or no income on that tax return. That will set your payment to zero when and if this relief period ends. And at that at that point, you'll you, you won't have to make a payment, but you can still kind of reevaluate your situation at that moment. What you want to avoid there is having a standard ten year monthly payment due, say on February 1st, right? So you, you don't want to be put in that position where if you've got a veterinary size, you know, student debt balance and you're automatically in the standard tenure plan, but it's really hard to tell because nothing has really happened since you've graduated in terms of repayment. Um, you want to avoid having a $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 monthly payment due because you're automatically in that standard tenure plan, right? So apply for an income-driven repayment plan, if nothing else, just to buy you some time to decide which is the most uh, effective repayment strategy for me as you're, as you're working through that information. And what if a veterinarian is, is in an income-driven repayment plan prior to COVID, but they're working towards public service loan forgiveness? What do they need to know? Yeah, so uh, one of the other um, uh, stipulations that were included with the CARES Act and, and these presidential executive actions is that the time spent during in this forbearance period does count towards forgiveness, meaning it counts towards income-driven repayment, taxable forgiveness, or the non-taxable version of public service loan forgiveness. Right? So as long as you still continue to work for a public service loan forgiveness qualifying, qualifying entity, so a state, a federal, tribal, 501c3 nonprofit organization, then that time that you've been working and otherwise meeting the public service loan forgiveness qualifications would count towards public service loan forgiveness, right? So you should receive you know, the nine, 10, 11 plus months of qualifying time um, towards public service loan forgiveness as long as you were still employed by that entity and met the 30 hours per week uh, employment qualification. If they are in repayment, but not in an income-driven repayment plan, your recommendation is that they get in an income-driven repayment plan. Is that correct? So for those folks that are working towards public service loan forgiveness, absolutely, right? Because that's one of the requirements for making a public service loan forgiveness qualifying payment is using an income-driven repayment plan, right? So if you weren't using an income-driven repayment plan prior to this, this 
uh, pandemic relief starting um, starting in March, then you want to apply for one, right? So you can make sure that you can get that time to qualify towards public service loan forgiveness. And what about those who are in repayment, not working towards public service loan forgiveness, but not in an income-driven repayment plan? So if you're not in an repayment plan. Yeah, if you're not <laughs> in an income-driven repayment plan, um, you're likely using some time-driven repayment plan. Right? So you're either in a standard 10-year plan, the default repayment plan, or you're maybe in an extended one or a graduated repayment plan. Um, those types of things don't result in an unpaid interest balance. Right, so your loan balance has pretty much been where it was when you entered the pandemic relief period, right? So, and if you still maintained your income, right? So we've seen veterinary, um, the veterinary profession, particularly the small animal uh, veterinary profession has, has really been quite busy during this, this pandemic period. So a lot of veterinarians are, are making more money than they, they have ever, right? So if you're in a time-driven plan and your student debt-to-income ratio is less than one, then it can make financial sense to actually make some payments um, during the pandemic period because your payments are going to go directly towards the principal, which will reduce the amount of interest that accrues when that interest gets turned back on after the pandemic relief period is over. Uh, but what I would recommend in that case, because you just never know what can happen, right? This pandemic is, if anything, has just taught us um, you know, how, how certain uncertainty can be, right? So I think that, you know, to prepare yourself adequately, um, I would allocate money that I would have otherwise maybe put towards my student loans in a special account, maybe interest bearing, right? So I'm, gonna, I'm learning some interest on that savings. And then right before the pandemic relief period is due to end, uh, I would consider making a payment, a bulk payment towards those student loans. That's going to go directly towards my principal. Again, as long as everything in my other financial life was in good order and I didn't anticipate any changes to my income coming up um, and I've already maximized my retirement savings and built my emergency fund and I was meeting some other financial goals that I might have, I might consider making a, a, an additional payment towards my student loans if I were not using an income-driven repayment plan and only if my student debt-to-income ratio is, is less than one and I anticipate it remaining there uh, for the duration of repayment. Okay, that's some good advice because I'm betting there are people who probably are thinking this money would normally, I have this money which would normally go to student loans, what do I do with it? Holiday shop? What are we talking? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it might be, you know. <laughs> yeah, I would just like to emphasize that if you were using an income-driven repayment plan prior to this pandemic relief, and particularly if your debt-to-income ratio is greater than one or even greater than that, greater than two, where we know it's quite likely you're going to hit student loan forgiveness under the income-driven repayment plan, it doesn't make sense to pay more than your income requires, right? So like my wife and I, are anticipating reaching student loan forgiveness eventually, right? And during this pandemic relief time, we haven't had to make any student loan payments. We also haven't been accruing any interest, but the time counts towards forgiveness. So this has been extremely beneficial for those of us who anticipate reaching forgiveness because we haven't had to make any payments, the time still counts, but the interest stopped accruing as well, right? So less will ultimately end up being forgiven just by virtue of this pandemic student loan repayment relief. So this has provided us an opportunity to boost our forgiveness savings plan, make sure that we're actually maximizing our retirement savings and looking for other opportunities to, to grow our wealth and grow our, our um, investments outside of, of, of our student loans. Yeah, this is really a great opportunity for so many people. And 
have with them having the right information is so vital to ensure that it's not wasted. Right, exactly. With everything that we've discussed, uh, this is we are in an ever-changing environment always, but especially in 2020. Where should veterinarians go and colleagues go to keep a lookout for updates and new information? Yeah, so I, I have found that the uh, Federal Student Aid website has, has been pretty current on the available information. So the first place I would go to is studentaid.gov. Uh, um, that's where you're going to find your uh, the most recent information on COVID-19 and all of the impacts. There's even a really good frequently asked questions section there. What if I'm an income-driven repayment or what if I've got income-driven repayment certification due during this time frame? You know, what can I expect or what are my responsibilities? Does my time count towards forgiveness? All of that stuff is actually laid out in, in pretty good detail on the, uh, the um, I'm sorry, I think it's, student, it's studentloans.gov not studentaid.gov. So studentloans.gov, um, you can find that information at the top of the screen. There's a COVID-19 pandemic student loan information center. Um, your loan servicers have been a little bit behind in terms of providing information. So again, you know, they're usually the primary source and the ones that are going to provide you the most direct information. But unfortunately, I always have to go back to studentloans.gov to check to make sure that what they're telling me actually matches what the Department of Education is saying, right? Uh, and then third, I mean, go to VIN Foundation, right? VINFoundation.org. Uh, we've been releasing some some blogs and, and some and creating some pages that deal with this kind of content specifically. Um, that's where we've been posting a, a lot of more detailed information that corresponds to what we're covering here. Um, so VINFoundation.org on the on the blog, um, we've, we've got a page that deals specifically with COVID-19 and, and the direct effects to your student loans. And then we've also got the uh, Student Debt Center on VIN Foundation. So vinfoundation.org forward slash Student Debt Center. Uh, that's where you can um, upload your student aid data file, understand what your student loans look like, and then ultimately simulate them long term. Uh, we, we do also factor in the repayment relief that's been in effect uh, for this um, period. So it will account for those impacts on your long term student loan projection. And then ultimately, if you need direct assistance, reach out to VIN Foundation, student debt at VINFoundation.org. We've got a couple of different ways uh, through VIN or through VIN Foundation to get you some um, direct uh, assistance with your student loans and, and, and repayment questions. And all of these links that you've just mentioned, we'll put in the episode notes and along with those four, four suggestions of where to go. So in case everybody listening doesn't remember those URLs, don't worry, just check the episode notes and you'll get all those links there. Is there any other information you think veterinarians with student loans need to know? Yeah, I think that, you know, I think it really, um, I think that the more that you can be an active participant in your own repayment strategy and education, the less it's going to reduce the stress around student loans and repayment. At least that I, I have found that to be the case for myself and also the students and veterinarians that we work with. You know, knowledge is power, right? I know it's cliche, but you know, the the more that you know about how this stuff can work, the more educated decision you can make on your repayment strategy. And it really does help to reduce that that stress that's associated with student debt. I think a lot of that stress around student loans uh, comes from just not knowing 
generally how to be comfortable with either managing debt or how finances work, and particularly how the finances and student loans work, which are completely different from you know, traditional finance and, and, and other loan types that, that we see. Right. So you have to just, you know, just be an active participant. Right. You're I mean, you're invested in these decisions. Right. These are your student loans and they have a direct impact in terms of your short and long term finances. So really taking an active role, I think, um, can help reduce that that stress that is associated with it, whether it be financial stress or or emotional stress that are associated with your student loans. So don't stick your head in the sand. Yeah, essentially, don't stick your head <laughs> in the sand. That is never a good. That is never a good repayment strategy. Thanks so much, Tony, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else you wanted to share? No, I think uh, thanks for for doing these. I think these are a really helpful way of getting this information out. You can listen to them at your leisure. Uh, they're not as intensive as some of the the um, climbing mount debt sessions that we do, but that's okay. We can we can do these in, in bits and chunks, and hopefully that. That helps. I do have to, again, I have to correct myself here, having some some website dyslexia. So the federal student aid website is studentaid.gov. So I was right the first time. So studentaid.gov is where you can go to not only download your student aid data file, but also uh, get those up-to-date um, COVID-19 informational releases on, on what's currently happening with your student loans. Wonderful. And all those will be in the episode notes as well. So we'll make sure that the correct links are in there and everything that Tony's mentioned, you guys can go and check out. Thanks so much, Tony. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Veterinary Pulse. Please check the episode notes for additional information referenced in the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow, subscribe, and share review. We welcome feedback and hope you will tune in again. You can find out more about the VIN Foundation through our website, vinfoundation.org, and our social media channels. Thank you for being here. Be well.